Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. The introductory emphasis of this series was that men have a a divine calling, an assignment, a mantle from God, their heavenly father, to cultivate, let me hear you say cultivate, Cultivate. and keep, let me hear you say keep, your Eden, okay, to cultivate and keep your Eden. That word cultivate means to prepare or to break up a soil, a land, ground for seed. It means that you're making a territory ready for planting. You got this? All right. And then the word keep, let me hear you say keep. Keep Keep means that you, you are guarding, you are protecting, you are repelling anything that doesn't belong in the environment that you're cultivating. Are you hearing? That's what keep means. I'm guarding, I'm protecting, I'm repelling. At the entry point, anything that could come inside and hinder what I'm cultivating. Men have an assignment to stand. Somebody say stand. Stand. You stand at the entry points of your homes in addition to the minds and the hearts of our children. Not just the children, but even our spouse. Cultivating and guarding against the enemy schemes and the plots for the family and for yourself. You know, the enemy doesn't need a lot of room. The enemy doesn't need a lot of room to enter. Just a simple gap. This is why he's often depicted in the Bible as a slithering snake. Doesn't need big space. Just a little opening. You know that during its long history and existence, the city of Jerusalem has been destroyed twice. Besieged 23 times, attacked 52 times, and captured and recaptured 44 times. And Ezekiel was a prophet. He was a man that was, that was a righteous man that God was speaking to Ezekiel during one of these sieges. And uh, God said these words to Ezekiel out of uh, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. He said, I looked for, I looked for, I looked for who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. Next. I searched for to stand in the, to stand in the, in the wall so that I would. Wouldn't have to destroy the land. But. What did God say? What did he say? I found no one. In, in 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 a land full of people. In a nation full of men. God said. I found no one. To stand in the gap. Now, this was the situation with the kingdom of Judah and Israel. Uh, Israel had, had, had split. Israel as a land, as a, as a kingdom, had split into two different kingdoms. It was Judah and now uh, Israel. And, but Judah had been subjugated by Babylonian forces. And now they're left in exile as a result of the unguarded gaps that they left open and unattended in the city walls. Now, living in exile is not the same as homelessness. It's not the same. In homelessness, a home is lost as a result of adverse consequences or circumstances. But living in exile is completely different. Living in exile means that you have been taken out of your home by force. And there is nothing that you can do about it. There is property that you worked all of your life for is now gone. Your personal assets are taken and stripped away from you. And there's nothing that you can do. 
You can see your home at a distance, but you can't occupy it. Your history, your family roots, the lineage, what identifies your family, the land in which your father and your mother have planted or given to you has now been taken away. It's right in front of your eyes and you can do absolutely nothing. How many know that's terrible? When you look at what's happening in Ukraine, it's very similar to these circumstances. You work all of your life and just like that, it's gone. Well, spiritual exile is the current condition in which many fathers and mothers find themselves living in their homes, bullied by their own children, victimized in their own homes because there's no one to stand in the gap. Children call the shots in the house. Children control the emotional climate of the home while parents live hijacked in their own homes. Too often, moms are band together with their children against dad, and they'll wage war against dad, or vice versa. Too often, it's, it's the dads that will band together with the children to, 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 to wage war against mom. Parents have been left with no voice, no authority, no respect, no honor. Your home has become overrun by a bunch of misfits that are disguised as your very own children. And our homes have been overly ravaged and ransacked and raided by external influences that have forced you out of what you believe to be true. And this is what happened to this kingdom of Judah. They left the walls unguarded. And there were gaps that were accessible, entry points that were left unattended to the enemy. So the citizens that were within the walls were now exposed to dangerous consequences. Now, God didn't hold the children accountable. God didn't hold the mothers accountable. He went directly to the. He went to the men. Where are the men? Are the men here? Yeah. Are they here? Yeah. Are, they, are they here? Yeah. God was angry. He was angry at these men because the men, just like today, were expected to be the ultimate line of defense for their families, cultivating and keeping their Eden. I, I said last week that Eden is the, is the environment. Eden is the atmosphere where God and man, where God and his children roam free. It is an environment that you control, that you cultivate, you keep, you guard it. Listen to what he said in Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 4 and 5. Listen to what he said. He said, all people of Israel, he's talking to the men. These prophets of yours are like jackals digging in the ruins. Okay. Next. They have done. 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 Nothing to repair the breaks in the walls around the nation. They have not helped it to stand firm in battle on the day of the Lord. Who's he talking to? Talking to the men. Our country has been rattled by an insurmountable sum of gun violence, an increase in, in, in fentanyl deaths, suicide, race-based attacks and killings. All the meanwhile, we still come to church on Sundays, sing our songs, clap our hands, stomp our feet, and it's just business as usual. We need to pause. We need to reflect at what is happening all around us and ask ourselves, does God want this for us? Or is there an enemy that has infiltrated into the land? Are there gaps or breaks in the walls 
that are intended to guard my home against the enemy forces that have been exposed and are now vulnerable because of us. So we are to ask yourself these questions. Number one, do I find peace in my home? Do I find peace in my home? I want you to ask this question to yourself. Do I find peace in my home? Wives, you should be asking yourself this question. Do I find peace in my home? The children that are here, hold your parents accountable. Is there peace in my home or do I volunteer to work more hours to avoid coming home because there's no peace at home? That's question number one. Number two, do I find myself searching within my room, within my house, a space that I can call mine? I guard it from my children and everyone else and I claim it as a place of escape. Too often, specifically in America, men have man caves. Man caves where they retreat. No one's allowed in the man cave. I got a man house. (laughs) (laughs) A space. Mom has a space and the kids have a space. Number three, do I find rest? Do I find relaxation? Do I find refreshment in my home? Or am I constantly stressed out? Leaving and escaping is how I alleviate my stress. In order for me to find relief of my stress, I have to leave the house. Ask yourself that question. Husbands, our aim, if you are married and you are here, you're listening for those that are watching us online. It's okay, Dr. Lordy, I heard you. (laughs) I got you, doctor. (laughs) He can get away with it. He can get away with it because I I know who his sister is. But, 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 but. But our aim as a husband is that our wives could lay in bed and be in total peace, knowing that you've got it, knowing that you're taking control of everything, not that you control everything. It's not what I'm talking about. Don't don't get me twisted. Don't go home and say, you heard what the pastor said. I got to control you. I didn't say that. Luis, I did not say that. Well, I mean, you're married to Emmy. She's not going to let you control. <laughs> we all know that. We, we know. <laughs> but listen, listen in all seriousness. Is, is my home in Eden? Is my home in Eden? A place where God's very own presence moves about freely everywhere? Or is my home a living hell? Like it was for Becky and myself for 12 years. For 12 years, living hell in our home. Children in the home. It was chaos. It was a nightmare in our home. And we were professing to be Christians. It was a mess. We were, we were fake. We were, we were lying. We were counterfeit. Lastly, number six, can your guests or your visitors feel God's peace when they visit your home? Can other people walk into your home and go, ooh, ooh. The other day, my son-in-law, David, stopped by the house. And when I cook and I have extra food, they, they like hyenas, you know? <laughs> they smell it at a distance. Uh, I was just in the neighborhood. Pastor, Pastor Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I had called David and, and, and my daughter and said, hey, we have some extra food here. You guys want to pop on over? And I didn't even finish hanging up the phone. I didn't even finish hanging up the phone in the driveway. You could hear right there. And... Um, David sat on the chair in my living room, and my house is tiny. I have a tiny little house. And he commented, I don't know what it is about your house, but it just feels cozy. It's just cozy. And, and he, was, he, was trying, he was trying to attribute it to the decor or to the placement of the furniture, and he just kept saying, I don't know. It just, feels, it just feels so cozy in here. And I know what he was feeling. He was feeling my Eden. He had stepped into my Eden. 
the space that I create so that God could move freely. So that when people walk, they just, what is this in this house? With this exact sound, too. I, you think I'm, you think I'm joking? I don't, I don't have time to fool around and lose my family. I, I, I refuse. For 12 years, thank you. For 12 years, for 12 years, I had given, I had given a foothold to Satan. I was losing my marriage. I was losing my children. I had to take, I had to take charge. Not the wife, not the kids. It was me. I had to make some decisions in my home. And as I said before, in the years of Jerusalem's history, the, the city walls had been intended, the city walls that had been intended to keep them safe had been infiltrated quite a few times. And if you look that behind me, that's, cur- that's current day, modern day Jerusalem right now, but the walls were very similar, very similar all the way around. I had, I had the privilege on uh, in 2007 to visit Israel, and it each, I mean, you gotta see these stone, the magnitude of these walls are incredible. No machines, no equipment, just sheer muscle and, and resilience, and, and men that got together to say, We're gonna guard everything that's inside. Now, now as I said, there had been. It wasn't the first time. What happened to Ezekiel in that era, it wasn't the first time. That was like 500 BC. But then 100 years, even before with what happened to Ezekiel, we look at Nehemiah and Nehemiah's days, 100 years prior to what happened to Ezekiel, the very same thing happened. However, in stark contrast to Ezekiel's era, the Persians had overtaken Judah. Now, Nehemiah was taken away, and he was taken from Judah, and he was taken away by the Persian king, and he was taken to be his cupbearer. That means that that's all he did. He held a cup, and he drank, and he tasted uh, anything that the king was going to drink to make sure it wasn't poisoned. I mean, what that job? (laughs) So Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 2 to 6. We're going to read quite a bit, and we're going to be wrapping this up pretty soon. Hanani, one of my brothers, this is the memoirs. This is Nehemiah. He's writing these words, all right? He's, he's, he's penning these words. He says, Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me. Now, now, now there were times that when one empire would overrun or overtake, kind of like what the Romans did, they would overrun and, and, and take a land and they would take it captive, there were times that they would allow them to still occupy the land, but they were now oppressed by a a new government. There was nothing that you could do or say. It was a dictatorship, all right? So this is, so there was some freedom here and, and Nehemiah had found influence with the king and the king loved Nehemiah and respected him. I don't have time to get into the details. Read it at home when you get a chance. But But Nehemiah writes, he says, Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. Next. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well. Would you be able to say that about our country? No, I'm being serious. Would you be able to say that about your country? How are things in the U.S.? How are things, how are things in America? Well, this is the same thing they're saying. Says, well, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in, they are in, they are in great trouble in what? disgrace. Next. Why? The wall of Jerusalem has been what? Torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Next. 
when I heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days, I mourned, fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. There's a contingency there. Hold on. Go back. Too fast. Go back. God keeps his covenant of unfailing love with who? Those who love him. Let me, let me read that again. God keeps his covenant of unfailing love because we throw God's love around like it's just a bunch of mints. God loves you. God loves everyone. Yes, God loves, love, love, love. God loves you. Yeah, God loves those who love him and obey his command. Next. Listen to what? My prayer. Look down and see me doing what? Praying night and for your people Israel. Then he said, I confess that we have sinned against you. Next. Yes. Even my own family and I have sinned. What caused Nehemiah to weep? What caused him to cry? What caused him to weep? Come on, let me hear you. What caused him to weep? What caused Nehemiah to weep? I don't hear you. What caused him to weep? Say it again. Come on, say it again. No, I heard it over here somewhere. Someone said it over here. That's a, that's a very high-pitched voice for a woman. I meant to say for a man. That's what I meant to say. So a man is not responding. Who's responding? A woman is responding. What did, she, what did you say? Go ahead, Crystal. Say it. The world was not well. The wall was not well. The world was not well. The city. The news of the destruction of the wall. The news of the destruction of the condition caused them to weep. You know what the men are doing during this time? People. Let's just go play some games. Let's go have some fun. Let's go sit at the beach. Do you know the amount of pictures just blew my mind? The amount of pictures that after the shooting in, in, in Texas, the amount of pictures of people just carrying on on vacation, sitting at the beach. Oh, this is my life. Look, oh, look at heart. And, and, and it was tragedy in the, in, in the nation, in the land. But we could just move on. It's that easy. Memorial Day. Ah, look at the pool. Ah, you know, and it's like, and, and the, the, the land is in mourning. And we just carry on. Literally 13 hours after that shooting, there was another one. And another, we can't even keep up. We, we can't keep up. We can't keep up. What caused Nehemiah to weep? What caused Nehemiah to weep? The conditions of the land. The conditions of how the people were being impacted. Nehemiah heard the state of his people. He heard about the conditions of his city. And you know what he did? He did not blame political figures. He didn't say it's the president's fault. He didn't say it was the Republicans. He didn't say it was the Democrats. He didn't point fingers at lawmakers. He didn't say it was the school system. He didn't say it was the government. He didn't say it was a race issue. Who did Nehemiah blame? Who did Nehemiah blame for the conditions of that land? Who did he blame? Huh? Verse 5, he said, I confess, we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. Nehemiah looked around at the climate of the time in which he was living. 
And he said, I can do more. As a man, I can do more. I am the one to blame. This is the opposite of what Adam did when God asked him about accountability for what had happened. Go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 11. In a perfect environment, how much more perfect can you get than Adam and Eve in Eden? How much more perfect? Simple instructions. Yo, man, don't eat that. Hey, just don't, don't touch that. Don't, don't, don't eat it. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Stay, yo, you can have everything else. Everything else. Just don't touch that. All right? Don't. You got it? What did they do? Touched it. Of course they touched it. And then... So God calls into accountability and he says, who told you that you were naked? Because I want to let you know that the, the result or the consequences or the circumstances, the, the end result of sin is always nakedness. You get exposed. You are exposed. Your nakedness is exposed. You're embarrassed. Embarrassed. Nakedness just gets, you know, if I were to call, if I were to call um, Crystal up here and I gave her the microphone and I just said to Crystal, hey, Crystal, describe, describe your husband's nakedness to us all. He'd be like, baby, 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 don't do that. <laughs> baby, 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 don't, 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 don't. <laughs> what do you say? You'd probably be proud. <laughs> I, I can tell you. <laughs> no one wants their nakedness exposed. And I'm not talking about your physical nakedness only. And this is what happens with sin. You get exposed. And before God especially, and he said, who told you that you were naked? The Lord God then asked, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And what did this man of men say? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit of your, I ate it. She gave it to me, I ate it. What do we do? Point fingers. That's not a man, that's a coward. And there are many cowards in these modern days. We point the finger at the failure, at the failure of our home. Always pointing fingers at everyone else and we don't want to take accountability. Man, it's time to man up and stand. It really is. It's time to man up and stand. And stand in the gap for your family. Stand in the gap for truth. For what's right. Not what's fun. And just like today, we want to blame everyone else for the things that have taken place within our walls. And God says, I'm coming straight to you. You're the keeper. You're the cultivator. I'm going to talk to you. And this is what being the head of a home is all about. So you, we like it said that being the head of a house is that a woman is subjugated to you and she's under you. And it's hierarchical. That verse means, does not mean that at all. I wish you understand what head of the house means it means that you absorb the impact of accountability for everything that happens in the home Amen. my three kids i had three kids and 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 darn it hector was here again <laughs> every single time like ah oh, but 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 listen whenever becky and i would leave the home when becky and i would leave the home I would go to Jose and I would tell him, I'm going to leave. You're in charge. Anything happens in this house, I'm coming for you. I'm not going to go to ugly face brother. I'm not going to go to your sister, the perfect one. And I'm not going to go to anyone. I'm going to come after you. And then we would leave. And he had the burden of following through 
with the command that was given to him. That's called headship. It's not fun. L- listen to me. It's not fun. It's not games. When I come home, scan the room. Open doors. Look around. Okay? And he's just trembling in the back. <laughs> Biting his nails because he... Stuff that they broke, they would tuck it under the mattress or stuff. You know, they would just, everything's good, everything's good. And Adrian would always give himself a win. <laughs> and we didn't break the window. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, we didn't break it. It was like that. I promise. That's what, that's what headship is about. Holding men accountable. Nehemiah self-analyzed and he searched himself. He evaluated himself. When his friends came and they talked to him, he wept. He stopped and he looked at himself. When my wife and I were going through the separation that we went through and she left me. And, and, and Becky leaves me, right? We, we, we separate in the home. I, 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 was, I was in a state of panic. Right? I was in a state of panic. Where else am I going to find a hot wife like that? You know? Like, God, God, lucky. I'm like, dude, I let myself (laughs) go. No, no. And and so I was in panic mode. And I had to deal with me. I had to deal with me. The Bible says that for days, I'm going to paraphrase that. He said that for days he fasted, he prayed to the God of heaven. Many of us, man, just run to the neighborhood, finding someone to give us some some words of encouragement, someone to tell us something. Nehemiah, Nehemiah felt that there was trouble in the land, and he himself went to face God. Many of us run to Facebook, to Instagram. Where my prayer words at, keep me in prayer. There's friction and conflict. Satan's trying to take over my home. Hallelujah. But I'm standing firm. Sangano. Man up. Putting your garbage out there. I'm telling y'all, don't friend me. Don't friend me. I look through all your stuff. I'm like, oh my God, goodness. He said that I, I, I mourned, I fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said to God of heaven, he said, I confess, we have sinned against you. Yes, yes, my own family and I have sinned. When was the, when was the, last, time we have, when was the last time we have paused to look at, at, at the stuff that's happening in our home? When? Like, seriously, when have we... Paul ought to say, this is not right. This is sin. I can't allow this in my home. I'm sorry. I can't allow it in my home. You know, I've had family members that have tried to use my address to, to you know, get the, get, get the discount or, get the, or, or get, the, get the fringe benefit. Or, you, you know what I'm talking about? Just use your address. I'll just, use your, I'll just do that. I'll just use your ass address. Can we do that? Can we use your address? And we do stuff like that. We cheat on our taxes. We, 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 things that just creep into our home that you think is not big. Sin is sin, guys. See, all of our eyes are set to abortion and homosexuality while we're doing some stuff in our home. Can I be, can I be real? Can, can, seriously, can I? I mean, here, here you are, you're, you're, you're looking at, at these things like abortion and homosexuality, and oh my goodness, what an abomination. But the stuff you're doing, cheating in your time clock, taking that extra break, sleeping a little extra in between when you're not supposed to. You know what, I, you guys know what I'm talking about? I remember um, 
Y'all remember the cable boxes? Y'all remember those boxes that you could... Where's George? I'm talking to you, George. (laughs) You know I'm talking about that black box. The the guys guys that like the boxing and the spores. It's just a little black box. It's Joe. What is it? Joe Brogan? Yeah, you break stuff in. Yeah, so you always finding always finding a loophole, always finding a loophole to cheat to steal. So Nehemiah took he took ownership of his insufficiencies and his shortcomings, and he said, "There's stuff that I'm doing that's not right. Are we lying? Are we cheating? Are we coveting?" Or are we looking at what our neighbors have and we're trying to compete with our neighbors? We desire to have those things. Coveting. Desire what others have. I'm telling you, I, you, 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 you we got to wake up and look at the home. What's going on? Husbands and wives, don't, don't, don't conspire with your husband. Don't let your husband get into trouble. Put your foot down, wives. Don't let them. Tell them. Don't do it. Don't do it. I stand against you. Can I move on? Can I? Should I move on and wrap this up? I got. I got about thirteen minutes. This is, this is for everyone. You got your children sitting in your house. You're okay with it. Very nice. You're like, well, you know, they're, they're independent. You know, so we, we let them. And, 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 and listen, people just going to hell in your home. And you're supposed to be the one that stands at the gap for your family. Coward. David's scratching his head and he says, so we can't post this. But, but I'm sorry, man. We got we to gotta speak truth. We got to speak truth. I have done 112 days of morning prayer. 112 days of morning prayer, right? I have done six to seven Wednesday nights for men. Wednesday nights for men. Just, just trying, trying to provide resources. What do you do? You don't show up. You don't connect. You're not part of it. And I love my favorite one. Too busy or too tired. Really? You're too busy, too tired? Man, there's no urgency then. You know what happens? When the house is up in flames, you call pastor. Can you pray for me? And I just want to say to you, Pray for yourself. Just, just pray for yourself. And, 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 and I, I want to be as transparent as I can be. When it comes to the, just, we just got to, we, we got to do better. And I, I read the posts that people post and the stuff that they say, oh, it's the government. They're trying to take my guns. Oh, it's this and it's the Republicans. It's the Democrats. Stop being such a coward. They were sitting in your home. And God looks down at our land and he goes, this is toxic. I haven't found one person that stands in the gap. I blame churches. Starting with Pastors. Too many games, too many fooling around events. I don't want us to be an event-driven church. It's quiet in here. Y'all ain't flourishing now. Y'all ain't flourishing now. I ain't flourishing now. Jessica, Jessica transitioned this perfectly when she talked about the farmer. In the parable of Jesus. Uh, uh, who did this? How did we get weed? How? How? Where did the weed come from? He fell asleep. An enemy came. An enemy did this. 
So this is not just for men, what I'm going to give you guys. Number one, I want to close out with this. <clears throat> we, must, we must ask ourselves when things around us are falling apart, instead of first calling your, your pastor, instead of running around and calling the prayer warriors, you've got to ask yourselves, are there any gaps in the walls that are intended to protect my loved ones and me? That are unattended, exposed, and vulnerable. Are there? Wives, pay attention. If, if, if you see hubby, hubby is not connected to the family. If hubby isn't praying, if, if, if hubby, hubby has completely abandoned ship, you gotta hold him accountable. Hold him accountable. Vice versa. Becky, 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 Becky and I hold each other accountable all the time. And now it's even worse because there's nobody in the house. So the awkwardness is very awkward. <laughs> when you have a whole house to yourself, awkwardness is very awkward when you have to put your foot down and say, hey, man, this is, this is out of line. It's out of place. Hey, I can't participate in this or, or vice versa. Sometimes I'm driving and, 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 and I've shared this before, man, my. I, I, I could lose my, my, my salvation in driving, man. I don't do well in, in traffic. And, and when I'm acting like a fool, Becky will remind me, hey, 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 pastor. I don't want to do it. Be on my side, baby. Be on my side. Team up with me. Moms, man, don't don't see, don't let your son and your daughter just just out. I mean, just bringing sin into your home, and you sit in there, and you're like, "Well, I'm just gonna leave it to the Lord. Just leave it to the Lord. Put your foot down, and if you need to put it up, you gotta put it up. It's your home. Stand guard at home. And if there isn't a father, there should be an uncle. There's not an uncle. There's an aunt. Somebody stand in the gap for your family." Good. Number two. Number two. Have I taken ownership? Have I taken ownership of what's happening in my home? Have I taken ownership? Very easy for us to point the finger at everybody else. Point the finger at everybody else. Point the finger at everybody. Point the finger at everybody. I remember Becky one time was having some company coming over, and it was family. It, it was family, and the family, the the the, the family was coming over. And I, please forgive me for using this, but but the family was coming over, and because they were coming over, and it was family party, party. They came in and they had a box of beer, and they were bringing in the beer into the house, and man, Becky stopped them. <clears throat> Stop them. Family. And you know what she says? She said, you do not know the life that I lived as a child. You don't know the abuse that that caused my home and it caused me in my childhood. I'm going to tell you nicely, take it, back it, take it out of here. Party over, party over. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it was my <laughs> Hey, but, but, you know, listen, and we can make light of it because we can. I don't want this to be so, you know, but, but hey, man, I, I said, Satan doesn't need big space. He just needs a small space because he's a slithering snake. And I, and I told you this last week. He doesn't necessarily want you, mom, necessarily want you, dad. He wants your children because you are their only line of defense. Young parents, are you listening to me? Young parents, are you listening to me? Willing to compromise the sake of your children for a date night. How dare you? You got married, had kids. Man up, woman up, be parents. Okay. Okay, that was a that was a quiet. Un, like it was a confusing clap. I don't know. Do we clap? Do we do it? Do we say anything? I don't know. Do we do it? 
I don't know what I do. Come to me to tell me and Becky that we're not those kind of grandparents. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. They're your kids, not mine. We love them. Love them. I try to hang out with my wife on a Friday night trying to have our time. And, and now our kids keep bugging us, calling us. What y'all doing? Where y'all at? Show me. I want to see. But I want to show you. I'm an adult. I know how much it sucks to be you. <laughs> I'm living it up, man. You know, I tell couples this all the time. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your marriage. You have yet. You have yet. To taste the freedom, the love, the, the exuberance of marriage until you have finally gotten all of the stuff behind you. Now you got your credit straight. You got money in the bank. Your stuff is paid. It is the, it's the best life. It is the best life. Many people just give up. They fall apart in the trenches. I tell you, oh man, you're almost there. Almost there. Take ownership. Take ownership. Won't you have a date night to talk about the conditions and survey your home? Won't you do that? Have a date night to say, honey, can I give you sincere? I, I, I think it was Alexis and David that shared in a tour better. That they give each other permission to give each other feedback of how they're doing. They give each other an assessment. Hey, baby, I want you to assess me. Let me know how I'm doing. Ouch. Whoa. All right. I got this to say. That to say. This to say. That's the problem is that we complain about there's no communication in the home. It says we're just not communicating about what we need to be communicating about. Communicate about all the wrong stuff. Number three, so I can get you out of here. Have I paused to mourn, fast, and pray? Stop asking other people to pray for you. Listen to me. Stop asking other people to pray for you. Pray for yourself. Nehemiah didn't call people to pray with him. Nehemiah prayed for himself. Well, I know our prayer request you're going to drop this week. (laughs) I'm serious. You know that the people that I pray for the most are the people that don't come to church, don't do prayer, don't do anything for them. It's it's always the same people. Don't worry, man. I won't hurt you. Louis, you're one of the good ones, Louis. Well, you wanted to go. No, 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 no. And, and listen, and, and all, 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 all jokes, all jokes aside, man. I was pointing, I was pointing the fingers when my marriage was was going through what it was going through. I, I, I was, I was pointing at my church doesn't have anything for couples. My church doesn't have anything for me. The church doesn't. And, and I was, I was, Becky knows, I, I was calling pastors because I needed, I needed counseling and I needed help and I needed this and I needed that. And you know, when change started to come into my life, change started to come into my life when I was able to get on my knees and face the reality of my circumstances and say, God, here I am. I need you. And, and it was over and over and over. So number three. Have you paused to mourn, fast, and pray? There are things in our lives that where, where, where you really need to do some serious prayer. Hey, man, have you prayed about this? Husbands that leave one job for another job for another job for another job. Always leaving jobs and leaving a job, leaving a job for something better, leaving a job for something easier, leaving a job. And I got this big dream. Oh, I got this big idea. Oh, I'm doing this. Always putting your family at stake. Cowards. And and, and here the wife has got to pick up. She's got to pick up the pieces. So I said last week was, was, is there a man in the house or are you the man of the house? 
Many homes are filled with just men, but there are no men of the house. Number four, Nehemiah had a sincere concern for the outcome of his home. Do you really care? Do you really, dad, do you really care for your home? Do you really care? I know people that go on vacation. Listen, they're mad and they think that a nice vacation is going to do it. You're going to do it. Why? Because you're there. (laughs) Becky and I took the kids to Universal Studios. And in Universal Studios, I couldn't do Disney. So my budget was going to make it. So I had to go to Universal Studios. And we went to Universal Studios and we fought the whole way. And while I, while I was there at Universal Studios, I was having a mantrum, stomping my feet, telling Becky what we were going to do. Let's go home. We're going home. Becky's like, we're in Florida. You go. She said, come on, Papa. And I took Papa. And Papa was like, I want to stay with Mom. And I took, come on, Papa. <laughs> took Papa. Adrian was like, see you. See you. Hey, the double sip. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, listen. See, you you think you think that you're hurting yourself. You're hurting your children. You're hurting your children's children. When Papa and Rebecca first got married, there was an impact in in their marriage of stuff that I had done to my son. Rebecca was like, no, not me. You do that? No, not me. I go back to Mexico. <laughs> see, see we, 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 and this is why I, I don't have a concern as a pastor. I don't have a concern as a pastor that our services, people are falling out and you're getting a prophetic word and that people are flipping over, speaking in tongues and, and, and getting revelation, fresh revelation. I have revelation. I got revelation. No, I care that you're home as well. I care that you're home as well. Nehemiah asked his brothers, how are things looking? How, how are things? Tell me the condition. So really care, man. Let us all stand to our feet. So many times. When we run to men. Let me hear the men in here. Let me hear the men in here. Let me hear the men. Let me hear the men. Make some noise. Let me hear the men. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Hold the piano. Listen to what I'm going to tell the men. Stop running to bootlickers. Stop running to bootlickers. When you need some words, when you need someone to speak into your life, stop running to bootlickers and run to boat rockers. People that are going to speak into your life and tell you you are out of line. Stop it. Man up. Go home. Stop doing that. Boat rockers. Surround yourself with men that are going to hold you accountable, that are going to pray for you. People that you you are going to give permission to speak into your life. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.